0: I'm Tim Baker, host of the Pulse podcast. In this episode, I sat down with Jonathan Bush, the founder and CEO of Zeus Health, an organization aspiring to become, as Julie Yu of Andreessen Horowitz put it, a healthcare internet for real this time. Jonathan Bush has been a man of singular focus for the past 25 or so odd years, bringing the benefits of the information age to healthcare. While the internet has revolutionized industries ranging from food delivery to transportation over the last several decades, Healthcare has remained an industry of monopolistic power, siloed information, and little consumer transparency. Enter Jonathan Bush. In 1997, Jonathan and his co-founder Todd Park founded Athena Women's Health, a women's health and birthing center in San Diego. Their obsession with running a, quote unquote, ruthlessly efficient operation eventually led them to converting this women's health center into what would become Athena Health a multi-billion dollar EMR powerhouse, bringing the innovation of cloud-based software deployment to healthcare providers around the US. After a brief stint working as executive chairman of Firefly Health, Jonathan is turning to a new venture, aimed at tackling the same goal he's been chasing for the last quarter century. Zeus, AKA the father of Athena, seeks to capitalize on the recent wave of regulatory activity that is forcing major players in the healthcare industry to make their data freely available for patients and their care providers by creating a unified patient record and giving developers and providers around the country the access they need to create new and delightful consumer experiences. Andreessen Horowitz believes in this vision to the tune of a $34 million Series A raise, along with participation from F-Prime Capital and Maverick Ventures.
1: the number one thing that we hold dear Zeus Health is for the change Cause American healthcare needs fixing Zeus Health Let's fix America's healthcare Zeus Health Let's grow faster together Zeus Health Let's fix America's healthcare Zeus Health We're Zeus Health for the new startups, because modern technology will unleash the change We follow Jonathan Bush all the way since we all believe in Zeus Health Zeus Health Fix America's healthcare Zeus Health grow faster together Zeus Health Fix America's healthcare Zeus Health Here's Zeus Health
0: Wow, what a song. While I love what you've done here, I'm also left wondering why a database company needs a theme song. Well, we need, of course,
2: theme songs. We need contract artists. We need all of the things that are increasingly assembled in parts by online utilities. Uh, That song, we we emailed our website to a service in Sweden, and in two hours, a song came back that (laughs) captured our, (laughs) our essence.
0: In a, the beauty know, of the internet uh well the congratulations of the the and of course Rays. what is
2: zeus but a place you should be able to attach to online and get hours of work done conveniently and easily hopefully more stylishly but anyway uh that's kind of the theme the theme song is kind of the company theme
0: if you know what i mean <laughs> in a minute yeah.
2: congratulations
0: on the raise and before we get too deeply into the new company i'd like to take a step back and really understand what this concept of the healthcare internet really means. It sounds a lot like a buzzword, but can you talk about what you mean by network effects specifically within healthcare?
2: Yeah. And obviously there's an evolving set of meanings, right? I mean, I think the big evolution of late in the healthcare internet is the primacy of tech in the direct delivery of care. So historically, Care was, you know, the province of a guild of only licensed doctors in buildings that were also licensed. And of late, while we've had the technology for years, of late, we've finally made the pivot to really being able to make money using tech in the direct delivery of care. Now, we've used the concept of healthcare internet for years and years and years for both that, but also just things like record keeping, obviously my old company, Athena Health was very interested in trying to get doctors to use the same instance of the same application that used the same rules to treat their patients. And we got that far. We, we never got them to actually use the same record, which is the next step, I think, in this existential struggle to get it rid of waste. and that's hopefully what Zeus's contribution will be. But uh, the journey towards uh, a place online that is secure enough, connected enough, intuitive enough, compliant enough, to eliminate duplication and use technology as well as it's used elsewhere in our lives, is you know, it's a saga that's been going on for years.
0: Yeah, and on that topic, I mean, I saw you talk about this concept back in 2013, I think, in an interview, I think it was related to Athena, actually. But you talked about sort of your origins as an EMT and a medic in the military, and sort of different of your experiences as a provider in that context. Um, But anyway, what was the first incarnation of this idea? All those years ago and uh, what about your experiences led you to think that this was a possibility?
2: So the first incarnation of the Zeus idea uh, came in the really in the emergence of Athena clinicals which was not Athena collector was the billing service and still I don't know but I bet you 80-90% of Athena's revenue still comes from revenue cycle management dealing with third-party payers. but as we tried to add medical records we could do a fine job using medical records to support billing and keep doctors compliant. Uh, but we couldn't, I didn't think do much. We weren't doing as much as I thought we would do to improve care in any way, to eliminate duplication or erroneous information. And in the end, you know, I, I couldn't keep the shareholder support for the replatforming work that would have, you know, I don't even know if I could have gotten the doctor support for it since a lot of the doctors and hospitals, kind of benefit from continuity of care being a condition of staying with one place staying under one shingle lots of integrated delivery systems in the u s you know have
0: that it's a tacit part of their value product got it and that makes ton of sense so david you you've talked a little bit about uh, Athena already but what makes you think it's sort of different this time? Is it the different approach of starting? A new oh, code well. That's aimed at this yeah, from the start? R- remember,
2: Athena, Athena was written in Perl scripting code starting in 1997. <laughs> so, I mean, almost everything is really different. You know, the way we write, I mean, Golang and Perl have almost nothing to do with each other in terms of their ability to be compartmentalized, their ability to stay clean and, and not require maintenance. The The notion. Of building with APIs uh, with other people's code uh, at a production level is now a completely accepted notion. Uh, it was didn't exist at all when Athena Athena was working on the notion of doing any read-write activity that was you know business important on the internet at all. That's the that was the sort of barrier of tech acceptance in you know the late '90s and early 2000s. Now, of course, tech communities are. Regularly consuming other people's core tech, whether it's obviously AWS, but but Twilio and Stripe and just even voluntarily on GitHub, there's just tons of patchworking, you know, mix matching going on, and so the notion of a Zeus would be impossible if that weren't an accepted practice outside of healthcare. So we're just bringing it over into healthcare. So that's one. Obviously, this acceptance of telecare virtual care that we spiked everyone knew it was the right thing to do but it didn't spike until covid so now everyone in the country has had some form of telecare and said shit that was a lot you know that was kind of better <laughs> not not i didn't lump through it you know and uh you know payers made a fortune some of them legally sent back were legally obligated to send back excess premiums because they had made so much they went over their obamacare profit levels uh i mean just an incredible spike despite obviously the tragedy of the pandemic. And lastly, there's a change in law. The Cures Act goes into enforcement today, whatever, almost July 1st, the first wave, which makes it possible for any consumer to direct their regulated health information to any app. And that changes the blockage game dramatically, adds another layer in the favor of the consumer. So those three major shifts, the acceptance of technology, the Acceptance of, I mean, the, the acceptance of the notion of a platform, the existence of platform technology, the role of tech in the delivery of care, and then this new layer of pro-sharing regulation are the conditions that make Zeus, we hope, kind of perfectly timed.
0: Yeah, and I mean, VC firms, and I think all of my business school professors uh, love the word platform, and I think use a lot, and uh,
2: and beat I'm sur- the shit out of that. Yeah. They beat the shit out of that word more than I used to hear. The word dyslexia is oh, dyslexic. You know, you mean he's a boy who's 14 or do you mean like a specific thing? You know? Yeah. No, there's obviously the notion is coming into its own. Even the term API, I've seen the term API refer to, you know, a specific call that you can make that will return a specific result. I've seen it refer to an entire library of such calls or to a call that returns a library. Uh, so, uh, all of this is so new to us that our language is catching up. You know, what we mean, obviously by platform is one step further than most people mean. Most people refer to platform as, um, a sharing of compute, right? So the ability to have one place where a lot of storage compute or a lot of raw Lambda, just computing power, or in the case of like a Stripe, you know, raw transaction capability. What we're trying to do is 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 have that yes, shared compute, shared workflows that are commonly written. Don't have to write it again. Just grab this call for that workflow, and it'll work for you. But add to that the notion of shared data, data as platform, and you know layers of sharing, so that things that people don't want shared don't get shared, but things that people do want shared get shared, and the savings of life and expense
0: can accrue to people. And can you talk a little bit about why? And this concept of the platform is quite new. And I think Zeus Health is trying to capitalize on that and the regulatory changes that are coming into effect literally, I think, in, in two days, which is really exciting. But can you talk a little bit about some of the struggles with AthenaNet and getting it there? Because I think it was really the, your first big attempt at building this healthcare internet. It got quite close on a lot of fronts.
2: It did, it did. We got. I mean, I think the day I got booted, there was I like think 15 or 18% of all visits to the doctor all happened on AthenaNet. They were using the same compute. You know, they were using the same workflow. They were using the same rules, insurance rules, and the same insurance package identities. So there was a lot of common data, and all of the compute, all of the software was common. Uh, that was unheard of. So you know, if there was a patch or a rule or a change in regulation or, or just an improvement, you know, anybody who got it, everybody got it at the same time. So one guy gets his claim denied, and Des Moines you know, by Anthem, the Athena analysts would ask the five whys, get to the root cause, figure out what the fix was, drop it in, almost like the early, you know, cybersecurity companies that keep track of patches, drop it in. And then no doctor anywhere would ever get that particular Anthem denial again. So that's a start, right? That's that shared data on shared compute. What we never got to, as I mentioned in your first question is, we never got to a shared record. We never got. Doctors to want to, or us to be able to, host a record that is both customizable and private enough that people feel safe building their own IP and their own business on it, but shareable enough that the wasting of life, limb, and expense getting basic information right about someone uh, can be eliminated for everyone. And that's that's new. That's that's what I think this new generation of digital health provider wants that the previous generation kind of didn't want. I mean, the previous generation aren't bad people and they, they want the best for the world, but their business models did not mitigate to sharing. Sharing
0: did not make them do better at work. so what you're alluding to is a little bit the shift to risk is then promoting a little bit greater focus There's, on cert- the broad patient as a whole.
2: Yep. I think the shift to risk, the ability for a digital company to take on risk and not have the physical plant requirements of a health system makes for more new entrants of full risk-bearing entities. Uh, before, you know, you either needed to have enough lives, which meant you were sort of already a medical group for many years and not exactly a tech-forward you know, entity, or you were an insurance company and you didn't have any provider capacity. Now you have a more scalable path to be a tech-forward full risk by ramping up virtual provider capacity. But also, in addition to full risk... Emergence, uh, and you're right, that's been marching away nicely up, up, up. We're also seeing the emergence of what uh, Regina Hertzlinger, the the great HBS uh, professor, called the focused factory. And originally it was, you know, urgent cares are focused at urgent, you know, but focused factories didn't explode the way she forecasted back in the 90s because the local requirements of care, care being local, made it hard to find enough narrow slicing of care to partition off. Now with virtual possibilities, you know, you can have a company that does nothing but low-level alcohol treatment like Rhea Health does or nothing but opioid care the way Groups does or nothing but pre-diabetic care the way Lavango does. You have specialty care companies. Um, I saw one company just recently that was looking at building on Zeus that does nothing but care for a given racial minority, you know, only African-American targeted or, or, or care on the theory that there might be some common cultural tendencies in that space that would mitigate to better care if they were concentrated. All of those, you know, common language, you know, you could do Vietnam care, Vietnamese speaking care, if you didn't have to pick one spot to put it, right? If you could spread out nationally with virtual care. So all of those sort of digital first subspecialists, Emerging are just as important as this rise in risk type payment.
0: I have to be honest. Founding Zeus feels eerily similar to uh, Steve Jobs when he left Apple and founded Next in 1985. Even the name, <laughs> even the name Zeus Health, is a play on the organization you left. Uh, I love being compared to
2: Steve Jobs. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> even Steve Jobs' epic failures. But uh, I don't know whether we, will, whether we will fail, but I do think that this, to me, feels like an intellectual, agile iteration. Intellectually, it feels like an agile iteration of the mo- old model, the atomic unit of all medicine is this insurance claim. Everything boils, every medical record, every system, all can be mapped back to a fee-for-service claim, even a duplicate, you know? And that obviously is, is if you were to think about disease, wellness, comfort, safety, that is not what you would do, right? You would map it back to a person or a problem or a plan, or maybe to all three. You know, maybe that's the dynamic data graph that you should be monitoring. Payment should be something that sort of pops in off the top, uh, like a progress bill or, you know, or a capital, all those things should be orthogonal to the core, which is whose logical center should be, you know, the person, the disease, and the plan, probably in that order. Uh, So, I did not, you know, come up with the shift. Uh, There are plenty of companies that are working well in this new shifted payment mindset, right? So I'm just saying, gee, maybe there's enough energy there that a backbone for that that way of thinking is ready, you know, is is
0: is timely. And I'd love to understand sort of what is the actual product that you're going to be selling? Is it access to a unified patient record? Or are you like going my, uh, to sell tools uh, my on first, top of the data to help developers? That's like my first emperor's new
2: clothes moment. Shit, product? Uh, <laughs> uh, there are three core products right now. One is a builder toolkit, starting with patient relationship management and then moving into provider workflows and eventually payment workflows uh, that will allow you to, uh, one of our broker, a broker guy uh, coined the term, uh, build a bear from EMRs, you know. <laughs> if you want to quickly build your own EMR in an afternoon, you don't want to like, you know, there are the eyeballs and there's the fur and there's the stuffing for you to kind of assemble. Because a lot of these narrow use case digital health companies don't need a full-featured EHR. You know, you take Roman, right? They, they just want to write about three prescriptions, right? They, they don't really want to look at any labs. They don't want to do any procedures. They don't really want to talk to a specialist. They want to make sure that they know enough about you that the prescription is appropriate. But that's about it. You know, now they'll expand and add other narrow slice things. But the idea that they would have to pay up for a full featured EHR that doesn't have any information about any of their prospective members in it. So they still have to start from a questionnaire. That's not appealing to this type of new company. So that leads us to the second piece, which is a data aggregation and enrichment service. So this is a build a bear EHR that will also go find out stuff that you're allowed to know about your patients before you even start treating them. And so it's the, the you know using the Cures Act and and using HIPAA to aggregate a proper patient profile, so you're not duplicating or making mistakes on people. And of course, in order to have those two things, you really do also need a very powerful data storage and sharing capability. And so. We have a platform, storage, health, a data vault and data storing platform that comes with unlimited storage and then a series of tiered sharing layers, as well as a national master patient index to make sure you get the right, you know, that you disambiguate one Jane Smith from another, et cetera. So you've got build your own software quickly, get data about your patients and store and share, either comply with the law for sharing or create novel sharing concepts using this storage platform.
0: So, and this sounds incredible. And how do you think about breaking down a problem of this size, right? I mean, this is yeah. a really broad vision and it seems like it could be incredibly impactful for a lot of these new businesses that are starting these more telehealth focused businesses. But how do you break down the problem and how do you start tackling it to be valuable well, soon?
2: You know, honestly, I, I wish I could say that I carefully surveyed the market and timing, et cetera. I kind of sat around the house hoping people would call in order for me to be able to do something with my life and ended up with, you know, angel investments and board seats on lots of these types of companies. And I noticed that all of them were never going to make it across the desert to building their own complete proprietary AthenaNet, having known what was involved in that. And we got to share the cost of AthenaNet across, you know, 118,000 doctors. So I just knew that wasn't going to work. And I knew it was too much. And I knew that Athena and its ilk, it's, you know, that generation was good company, with, you know, willingness to do what its customers need, but not really targeted towards anything other than the traditional office-based care experience and, and, and that ends in a fee-for-service claim. And so, I just, on one end, I knew they weren't going to be able to build it themselves. On the other end, I knew that what was available, whether it's Athena or Cerner or whatever, Um, That just wasn't what those companies were going after. It just wasn't a market fit. And so I thought maybe there's a, you know, maybe there's a -a build-a-bear that helps all my angel investments and board seats and is something for me to do. I also didn't want to go back and what did Jeff Bezos say about the fourth grade? I really liked it, but I'm pretty sure I don't want to go back. Like (laughs) I, I barely want to be a CEO again. And the fact that I'm now only a CEO of a, of a very, you know, small number of very high caliber people that are only working for in turn entrepreneurs, CEOs and CTOs and CPOs of these digital companies feels like I'm not going back and trying to, you know, get out the valises like Willy Loman and, you know, go sell the doctors and go to the hospital and set up my projector in the break room, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, t- give them my pitch and then train someone to give them my pitch and then have that guy train, you know, hire people that they can train and then do the same thing with account management and, you know, build Lincoln Logs until there's a whole company there, i I'm infatuated with this idea of a platform company, not only for the impact it can have, but for the kind of enterprise that it can be. Uh, it feels new to me, and so I'm I'm telling myself that I'm not a retread going back to do another Athena. The reluctant CEO, I l- I love it. Um, it's sorry. weird, you know. But anything <laughs> you do, uh, you know, I love steak. But if I just finish the steak, and someone said, "Hey," How about another steak? <laughs> ah, well, okay, you know, the first one I would happily pay 50 dollars for and think about it all day. The second one, I, you might have to pay me a couple of bucks, you know <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I, I think that uh, I want to see other CEOs out there. you know, I like the fact that this is a, this is a biodiversity multiplier. This is going to create more discrete companies in the ecosystem as opposed
0: to make the established ones bigger which is both are good causes but one of them excites me Oak Street City Block and Dorsada also signed on to be customers before you've even launched which is incredibly exciting and so we've talked about who we expect to be the early adopters these sort of more specialized telehealth companies yeah. can you talk about who you think won't be a customer in the near term but maybe in the long term could be sort of on the roadmap categories yeah so so obviously first of all
2: Within the initial customer segment, which are these digital first providers, the early workflows on the builder on the builder kit are patient relationship management. You know, we don't have EMR functionality, so if you want an EMR, you got to still go to you know Athena or Elation or Doctor. There are a lot of great ones. Careo, Doctor Cronum. And by the way, we will for any of those that have developer APIs, we will include them in our marketplace forever. So we don't want to be like we don't want to beat up the EMR companies. We just want to have the tools. And if their tools work, that's fine with us. So if if this first wave is successful, we'll have a pretty interesting data graph of the American public, a few million members. Then uh, our second wave might just be the traditional providers that we are not selling. We're not competing with Athena or Cerner or any of those players. Uh, We don't ever want to. That play has been run. But maybe they'll uh, plug into us as a data resource. I'm sure that uh, you've never met another Tim Baker. you know. But in case there's more than one, making sure that the hospital has the right one and has the right blood type and other things might be a useful service for them to grab, right? And once they're using us as a, a data resource, they may even go, some of them may go so far as to use us as their database of record, even if their core software, you know, their workflows and their hospital automation stuff is still whatever they bought, you know, or Epic or Sterner or whatever. Then uh, if we do a good enough job of that, the, the final wave would be employers and and uh, and employees themselves. Today we are we don't keep stored copies of people's resumes, we keep their links to their LinkedIn profiles in our recruiting management systems. I imagine soon in our HRISs, our work days, you know, we won't ask people to fill out 72 fields about their health risk in order to get coverage. We'll just grab their Zeus profile in the same way. And uh, and that makes us kind of a national Kanban card if we get that far. But of course, wave one is
0: a lifetime of work just to get those digital health companies up and running and successful. Well, I'm I'm rooting for you because the amount of times I've walked into a doctor's office and filled out the same info is becoming quite annoying.
2: Yeah. Um, it's uh, If it wasn't killing 90,000 people a year, it'd be
0: hilarious. <laughs> Perfect. The unified patient record in this idea is not an altogether new concept, even though it's relatively new. <laughs> So what do you think of companies like I can't like? tell you how many august groups have set out,
2: you know, uh, left their castles with their empty coconuts, you know, trying to go create a common <laughs> record, Law, you know, senators setting out and executive branch people setting out and huge corporations, know, Microsoft setting out. I, I believe that conditions are different today. And I believe they all had patently wrong business models. Now, the fact that this business model and these conditions are different from those <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean that we ain't going to end up, you know, bunch of night skeletons in the bottom of a valley, you know, being burped up by a dragon just like they are. But uh, I'm hoping that our noble mission ends better because of the difference in pricing model. We're not trying to hog or own. We are not selling to the data-hungry sort of traditional provider monopolies who who really, like I said in the beginning of this conversation, you know, they're run by good people who want the best for the world, but it doesn't make them do better to be better at sharing their patient data with their competitors. And so this generation is is has a different set of incentives. And hopefully we have a different skill with data sharing so that we don't ever let somebody lose competitive advantage by virtue of being on Zeus.
0: Got it. And transitioning a bit to sort of healthcare more broadly, I think one of the powerful things about Zeus is that now is the right time with changes in the regulatory environment, with the growth of a lot of these telehealth companies as a result of some of the tragedies of COVID. But what are some other changes you'd like to see in healthcare more broadly to spark innovation like this? So that regulatory change, the growth of these companies, sort of what are other opportunities you think out there for Entrepreneurs to innovate in healthcare, and what do you think is holding them back? That's a great question.
2: I think I answered that question when I was at Athena. I'd, I'd like to see more health plans. You know, I'd like to see doctors take on risk and make a lot of money making care cheaper. And we had lots of things that worked against that. I mean, just the the degree of subsidy on the on the Obamacare marketplace it really disincentes anybody coming up with a cheaper product. You know, you can still do it. Uh, obviously, the regulations around becoming a health plan are enormous. Uh, And then, of course, the regulatory constraints of geography are enormous. Now, these digital providers have busted through a lot of those. Uh, Costs are high enough that it's worth doing. Even with subsidies, there's still lots of Americans paying absurd amounts uh, that would love cheaper amounts. The employer market is untouched by the exchanges, and those guys are not subsidized at all and really feeling it. Even the government, even CMS has sort of said, Hey, take it back. You don't have to become a health plan to play in Medicare Advantage. We'll just cap you directly. So, all of these forces are moving in the right direction. And as these new entrants get in there, then other things become possible. You know, obviously, I'd love for people to talk about machine learning or artificial intelligence getting into the care, but there's not enough data yet for any really good machine learning answers that actually reduce the cost of care. you know fax reading or just just not impactful yet but as more and more data gets onto the stack onto the care side the real time care side of the stack the potential for products and technologies replacing guild like one at a time human error exchanges goes up and up and up um, i really believe i really believe that with no further inventions we could cut the cost of full coverage of care in the united states in half uh, we could literally be pricing Care at you know three hundred bucks a month instead of six hundred bucks a month, unsubsidized care. I think with an integrated data stack, with the progress that will come if these builders start to work on a Zeus or in other ways get really good at sharing their operational data stores, I think that number goes in half again. Even with the invention of specialty pharma drugs that jack the price up, and even with all the other you know with the extension of life that's going on, which is great but expensive. I really believe that those things are possible. Another area where more online care will create more market is, is IoT integrations, right? The idea that anybody goes anywhere to get their blood pressure checked or even to get an EKG is ridiculous, right? You could get it just as much compute in one of these things as, uh, in a you know, iPhone is, is in that, you know, adorable Welch Allen cuff on the wall that you use. And tracking blood pressure once a year or once every two is, I mean... I suppose theoretically it's better than never checking, but any doctor worth her salt can also just take a quick look at you and see whether your blood, you know, they need to check your blood pressure. And now once you're in a chronic state and you need a lot of blood pressure checking, again, the idea of delete missing work to go sit in an office to get a check, you know, ludicrous.
0: And, and that's something that's also on Zeus health's roadmap. Cause I mean, I, oh, absolutely. This box. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So the data aggregation and enrichment team, you know, it's on their list, not just to go to every hospital lab pharmacy payer, but to every device manufacturer, you know, anybody who sells a, you name it, you know, Medtronic pacemaker, uh, a digital diaper that, you know, squawks onto the cloud when it's wet, You, <laughs> all of that stuff, you know, we want to have in a sort of Amazon store of, of feeds, you know, and everything store of every feed of every device so that you don't have to, you know, learn how to use the Welch Allen electronic feed that no one uses or the Medtronic electronic feed that literally no one uses you know they all call the Welch Allen's I mean the Medtronic service center to say hey can you look at this guy's pacemaker as opposed to everybody seeing their pacemaker all the time so there's a ton of that that Zeus can do to simplify again you know a build a bear of all those feeds you know this toilet this brand of toilet you know this brand of scale this brand of blood pressure cuff or ekg machine or pacemaker should all be in the library.
0: Got it. Uh, I think that's a broad, ambitious, and necessary plan. I've been wearing this for years, and it's shocking to me that no providers have thought to ask me about the right uh, all the data that's available through it. You
2: got it. You got it. And by the way, grabbing all the wellness space is part of Zeus's mission. We don't only want regulated sort of traditional healthcare providers. We want 23 Me and Whoop and Fitbit and You know, Noom, we want all of these wellness apps and companies to use the platform as well. And with Cures, you know, that enables data sharing to other than licensed HIPAA compliant providers. Uh, And of course, the metadata that could come out of merging your genotype, your sleep, your steps, and your chart or your labs. I mean, what a different value whoop or whatever that thing you're wearing could be to you if the metadata from elsewhere in your life could be merged in. And the noise and the signal separated by, you know, simple
0: algorithms. Yeah. So wrapping up, I think most of our listeners tend to be MBAs, some with ideas of starting their own business. And I think after this conversation and from speaking with you a few times, I think it's clear that uh, you, are, you are visionary in your view of the healthcare space. So how do you think about instilling that vision in a team? and leading a group of people to develop something that is so ambitious?
2: Well, I love agile as a metaphor, right? You don't know what, you have an idea of what the world might need, but that's not, this idea of a moonshot into anything is annoying. You know, it's just silly. You start with what could I do right now? What's a job that needs doing right now that might mitigate towards some larger direction? You know, so this idea of saying, look, it's now illegal for hospitals and payers to block their data. And there's a lot of them. So somebody to just go and get that shit as a basic water boy service, right? That's not, I want a national medical record and a personal Kanban for every American and all those AI, you know, connected IoT devices. It's just like <laughs> this is an annoying thing. It's probably better to have their chart than not, you know, and I can do it. You know, and then it's like, okay, now I can get that shit and I can merge it with a form stack application where I can figure out what questions I still need to ask, right? And then send a shorter survey as opposed to the completely blank survey that, Tim, you were talking about getting it whenever you go to a doctor, right? And then maybe there's, you know, it's that idea of finding a job to do that's worth doing that is in the vein of a vision that is inspiring, knowing that it ain't going to go the way you imagine. That is my advice. And I have seen more people either get too big a customer or start with too big a scope and just absolutely flush money, time, opportunity down the toilet. And even in defeat, they don't have a lot of insight because there was so much that went wrong that they can't even tell where, you know, they left off at death. You know, they, they they don't know. It's hard for the next guy to come and pick up the rifle and continue up the hill. You know, I, 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 I suppose I don't want to name names, but I, and I don't really know. But when I looked at the launch of Commuer, you know, where $200 million went into all these major health systems, building a completely integrated alter ego to Epic. And I went, oh, Lord, you know, how beautiful, but how hard, how very, very hard, you know? I mean, and when Joe Biden and the cancer moonshot, you can just get in there, i going to get a lot of stuff, a lot of science, a lot of money. You're going to <laughs> knock out the cancer thing. Got to get rid of cancer. We're going to moonshot it. You know what? Shut up. <laughs> So in business, I think the same thing. Don't go get a giant customer. Don't go get a multi-wave, complicated company platform. Find a job to do that you can crush in a vein that inspires you. That you imagine there's layers of job that comes after it, and do that little job for little people who are deciding between death and dishonor. You know, not <laughs> successful people, <Factual laughs> people. Find those people, or or at least early. Maybe not fucked, but like. Staring up at a big mountain and saying, I am humble enough to realize I could use a little help. That's what I would recommend.
0: (laughs) I think it's good advice. Um, So like to finish. So uh, is Zeus hiring right now? So what are those hiring plans for some of our listeners?
2: We are hiring. We need you badly. Come to the website, Zeus.help, Z-U-S. And... uh, you know, we need engineers, full stack engineers. we need designers. you know we'll need more and more commercial people to go after and do these deals with all of these different data aggregation sources and uh, developer community, you know people who are interested in developer marketing, going after this sort of rarefied air of you know very literate, very real time, very online, very judicious with their time, engineers and builders. Those are the kinds of people that we
0: need, and and we're absolutely hiring. We're, we're late. Sounds good. Well, John, thank you so much for taking the time. I, I hope you're able to pick up the rifle and, and get to the top of the hill.
2: I will. I will. Picking up my own rifle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a video game metaphor. I died, but then, you know, I came back. I paid extra, and I got to come back. All right. I'll see you, <laughs> man. Thanks a Thanks lot so for paying attention to Zeus.